0: During the last conference, we were considering a topic the secure place, the appointed place, and the marketplace. And we were only able to um, fully look at what we mean by the secure place that place in God where we find security in Christ. And when a man has found that place in God, the testimony of his life. Becomes authentic. You cannot intimidate him. You cannot threaten him. Situations cannot make him come to a point where he will deny his covenant with God. Because he has found a place secure in God. We spoke extensively about that. And then we began to speak of the appointed place. It is true that you have a destiny. It is true that God wants to do something mighty with your life. But it is essential that we will have to be trained to become that which God has ordained us to be. And when the devil peeps into a man's life and he gets a little idea about what he has capacity to become, most often what he does is that he complicates his life and leads him along several paths that will make it so difficult for him to fulfill his God-given destiny. And so in the appointed place, because of the presence of the anointing of God, there is a restorative process that is put in place in order to do away with every scar that the devil has in- afflicted and inflicted upon him. And so that he can be brought through the dealings of the Holy Spirit to assume the Accurate molds that can bear the weight of grace and anointing that is expected to carry in order for him to have the capacity to fulfill his divine call. We began to go into that and began to try to define what we mean by the appointed place. We find out that Jesus actually said to his disciples in the book of Luke chapter 24 verse 49 that they should not depart from Jerusalem. He gave them a location. And just in case you are a disciple and you depart from that appointed place, in the time of visitation, you will not be part of the experience. And the people that partake of a particular visitation are going to accelerate because there is going to be the presence of multiplied grace. You will notice that on the day that Jesus ascended, there were relatively about 500 brethren around. As at the time Jesus ascended, the number of the disciples relatively was about 500. If, if we go into a few scriptures, you will see that their number was about 500. Okay? But on the day of visitation, in the upper room we had 120. That means there were several people that were not in the appointed place. And the guys that were not in the appointed place did not picture in the acts of the apostles. Hallelujah. Paul the apostle was sovereignly grafted into the apostolic stream, into the revival that was going on. That was a sovereign act of God. But for all the people that were there when Jesus gave the instruction, you guys wait for me in the city of Jerusalem, that were not in the appointed place, they missed out of that which God was doing. We also spoke about the two brethren that were leaving Jerusalem for Emmaus. They left their, point, their appointed place and they were going to another place. And when they met Jesus on the way, they could not discern his figure. Because what actually they were doing, they were on a mission to backsliding. When a man is leaving the place that God is expecting him to be, his discernment of Christ begins to diminish. Hallelujah. You will notice also in the Garden of Eden, that there was a place that God and Adam met. And that is a physical location, it's not a spiritual location. It's a physical place. And when God came to that place and found out that Adam was displaced, He began to cry out for him, Where are you? Amen? We must realize that it is one thing to have a destiny from God. We must also know that it's another thing for you to know where that destiny Will be fed. And if for any reason you are not in a place appointed by God, you may not attain to the fullness of that which God intends. And we must understand of necessity that our life upon the face of the earth is time dependent. And the things that God is instructing us to do and the compliance He's requesting and requiring from us is very, very vital. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible with me quickly to the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18. Acts of the Apostles chapter 18 Secure place is a place in God And that's why when you see uh, um, Some of the things that the apostles could not compromise In their daily fellowship life Was the ministry of the word and prayer And those were the requirements That are intended to bring people into that place of security in God They could not exchange that job description for anything else you know, I don't know about you, but when we were growing, it's not as if I'm not growing anymore anyway. But when we were, we just gave our life to Christ and we wanted to grow in God, we wanted to walk with God. We did not find anybody to help us in the way. Hallelujah. We did not find anybody to mentor us, people to raise us, or people that could instruct us in the things of the Lord. And by our own desire to seek God, we set out, set prayer times and began to seek the face of God. And we continued like that. And somehow God sent a few people our way. But over and above what a few people were instructing us to do, which was very beneficial to us, we had our own appointment with God. It continued like that for a while. And it came to a point in my life where I was no longer afraid of failure. I just knew that I found some. It's an experience. It's an experience. I just knew that, forget it. What the average man was afraid of, I was no longer afraid of. And it is now that I understand that what happened to me was that I broke into the secure place in God. And I said that the scripture that reveals and testifies about that reality... Of the secure place is when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's an indication of security in God. Hallelujah. An indication of what? Of security in God. There's one of our uh, brothers, thank God, is present here. He is aware of the fact that he has a call. And when the time came for him to face his call headlong, um, he had many questions in his heart and many fears like that. And uh, see, it's not his fault. He has not yet arrived the secure place. The, the brother I'm talking about is a great prayer warrior. in tongues and prophesies. Then a time came, the brother now came to me and said, I'm no longer afraid. Do you know that that first man, the first man before this encounter, that first man can be going through the motion, but the devil will still suppress him. The devil still has the capacity to bring the pressure upon him that will make his fears rule his life. See, when the devil um, actually <laughs> comes around the man, he, is that insecurity he wants to exploit? And if you have found security in Christ, everything that He, the pressure He brings upon you, will only make you better in your call. And so there's a need for us to find that place. Amen? And then thirdly, we have the marketplace. Acts of the Apostle chapter 18. As I finish that. I'll now go into something that we are going to continue from day to day subsequently. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the, all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade. Somebody said trade. He stayed with them and walked. For by occupation there were what? Tent makers. Now I, I need you to understand that Paul's encounter with Aquila and Priscilla... Was not an encounter in a church, it was an encounter on the streets, it was an encounter in the marketplace because they were in the same trade. Amen. This is the first time that the Bible made us understand that Paul had an encounter with Aquila, and that was why his background was extra. That he was a Jew, but he was born. In the land of the Romans, he had stayed there most of his life until by a decree from the king, Caesar, he had to move from Rome. Upon that movement, that relocation, he encountered the man called Paul. Hallelujah. And the premise of their encounter was a premise of their trade. That was how they met. But it happened to be that before this time, Paul had been trained of God. And when they met on the platform of their trade, it became an opportunity in Paul's hand to be able to influence this life. Ultimately, the Bible made us understand that Paul was staying with them. Amen? Now, first of all, they met in the place of their trade. And then something began with them. And somehow, and eventually, Paul began to stay with them. Subsequently, when we study the life of this man Aquila and his wife Priscilla, you come to discover that they eventually evolved to become mighty teachers of the word of God. Mighty teachers. But the encounter that Paul had with them, the practical encounter that Paul had with them, was in the place of their trade. That means that Paul was not the kind of religious preacher that we have today. He was bold enough to take his reality to any place that he found himself. And that is where we coined that concept, the marketplace. The marketplace is the place where you spend most of your active time. You realize that our call into the ministry is a call that is attached to our personality. And so if an evangelist should go into the market, supermarket, he's still an evangelist. Where? In the supermarket. If an evangelist should be working in federal civil service, he is still what? An evangelist. If a prophet is a commissioner, right there on his table in his office, he's still a prophet. And he can still function as one. So you will see that Paul did not, because I've seen a lot of guys that said, um, you know, this is business. That means, in this place, there are different principles, there are different perspectives. We should not look at it with short eyes and short mind. There are other principles that, we, that the Bible does not cover. That are relevant within this sphere of influence. Amen. So the guy has a different shape, a different image in business, and he has a different image in church. He comes to church and he sings church songs and he understands church language, he understands church cliché. Then when he goes to do business, he takes on a new coat with a new philosophy and a new perspective. That man is actually a disgrace to the kingdom of God. Paul, with all his apostolic reality, was found in the place of his craft and it was by that that he was attracted to this man called Aquila. And when we trace the life of that man, because we're going to trace his life, then you know the Bible never revealed to us the things that happened to him when he was his, when he was staying a resident of Rome, it was not related to his divine destiny, and so the Bible didn't have any need to expatiate and expound on the number of years he spent in Rome and the impact that those years had upon his life. But scriptures reveal to us. His encounter with Paul, and based upon that encounter, his life experienced a radical change. Eventually, you are going to see that this guy evolved to become a Bible teacher. How did he evolve to become a Bible teacher? He met a man in the marketplace that gave ministry to him. It means that, like some people say, if the businessman can say, this is business, the student can also say, this is campus, this is campus. That means when we go to campus, we we um, yield to several realities that we feel is campus. Just in case you are preached outside the campus reality. You might be out of place with present day reality and maybe be referred to as a Jew. So this is campus. We do it this way. This is how it works. But for Paul, he did not see life outside the synagogue different from outside in the synagogue. He took the synagogue outside. Because there are several guys that will never get to come to church. There are several guys that will never get to come to the place where to see the power of God in manifestation. So he took the power out there. So it's expected that the average believer must know that he is God's representative in that place where he spends most of his active time. Because of Paul's contact with the man Aquila the man evolved to become a Bible teacher. So much so, in his teaching ministry, in the book of Acts chapter 18. Can you see, run with me quickly. I will show you a few scriptures. And then you will see the, how Paul classified Aquila and his wife Priscilla many years later. In the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 16, verse number 26. Okay, verse 24. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and been fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla had him. Hallelujah. Somehow, Aquila and Priscilla were present in the synagogue when Apollos was ministering. When Aquila and Priscilla had him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of the Lord more accurately. Now this guy was an apostle of another generation. He was an upcoming apostle. These were the people that God was raising to take the, the pattern from men like Paul and men like Peter. He was, he was strong in the spirit. He was burning with fire. But his revelation had a problem. Now in the body of Christ today, most of the time we believe that if somebody has a very strong miracle ministry, that his preaching and teaching is accurate and is healthy for the body of Christ. Now we rate people in the body of Christ by their ability to do signs and wonders. But the fact that somebody operates in signs and does great wonders is not a proof that his doctrine and his teaching is accurate. It's not a proof that his doctrine and his teaching is healthy. And so we could see that here. There was no doubt about the fever of his spirit. There was no doubt about the power of oratory that came upon him when the anointing of God was at work in his life. But when these guys, having been with Paul, heard him, they saw the anointing, they saw the grace, they saw the power of work, they saw the strength of oratory. He could cut and pierce through the very soul of a man and capture him and affect the very core of his being. All those things were at work in his life. But these guys, they were hearing beyond the manifestation that they saw. Because their ears have been trained. They, they, have, they have come to a point where the word of God was richly in them. And if the word of God was richly in you, you will have a resident discernment operation of the Holy Ghost. You will be able to listen to what somebody says, and you will know when God spoke and when He spoke. You will know where His revelation has been sealed. You will know, because if a man's revelation is sealed, for instance, somebody knows how to make people realize who they are in Christ. Make people realize who Christ is in them. Okay? You know, John, uh, Apollos' revelation ended somewhere. Beyond the, bat- the significance of the baptism of John, Apollos did not have any revelation of the agenda of God that was unfolding in his time. Amen? Because the baptism of John was a continuation of the law. John the Baptist had this baptism of repentance. Now the reason for that is, if you have interacted with the law sufficiently, you must have come to a point where you realize that you don't have the capacity to satisfy the righteous demands of the law. The reason is because the law is spiritual from another realm, And we are carnal. So a carnal man cannot satisfy spiritual law. So the law will bring every man to the point where he admits that he is a sinner. That's the purpose of the law. The law is spiritual. We are carnal. And the law comes and says, Do not steal. Yes, you are aware of the fact that you should not steal, but the law doesn't give you the ability to make you not to steal. So it only brings you to a point of conviction A point where you accept that you are a condemned criminal. The law has the capacity to condemn. It doesn't have the capacity to restore. Hallelujah. So the baptism of John was a continuation of the move of God from the law. John has now come and said, Okay, now I know you guys are in a state of condemnation. I bring to you good news. Repent now. That means change your mindset. Do not look to the law for, for it to furnish In you, empower you to become righteous. Now, through the operation of the law, you have come to an understanding of the fact that you cannot attain to the demands of God, but i have come with good news. Repent now. Change your mindset. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king is about to come. He is the one that will give you the ability to live up to the expectation and the demands of the law. He came to change your mindset. Not to look to the law for life, but to look to the King for life. That was the significance of his ministry. And Apollos knew as much. Hallelujah. But unknown to him, the present revelation position of the Spirit had gone far beyond his own scope of revelation. Now, so you can be preaching and bringing people to the knowledge of who they are in Christ, bringing people to the knowledge of who Christ is in them. And that's, all teach, and that's all you preach. That's all you preach. If, if Aquila were there, he would call you what? aside. See, I believe in the fire. The fire is authentic. You know, fire is one thing that there is no old fire, no new fire. Fire is what? Fire. If you see fire, you know it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Three years old fire that they put to catch Yongu. Eh? You can see burn your house and burn every three days old. Tell your neighbor, fire is fire. So Aquila, he acknowledged the fire that was, that was burning in this young man. But he knew that the young man was limited in his scope of light and that he was going to be a major problem to the body of Christ. So they called him aside. Notice that they did not make it known to the congregation he was preaching to that this guy, there is a limitation in the revelation he's carrying. They, it was personal. They called him aside. And I, I want to... This is how I know that they are teachers. Amen? Where are we? Verse what? Verse 26. 18 verse 26. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now, I need to tell you a little about the teaching anointing. Explain. If your Bible is not borrowed, underline the word explain. A teacher must have the ability to explain. That's first. Explain. Maybe many of us, you have read your Bible, some scriptures like that, and you just find out that it's just like a stone. So the best you can do with that scripture is to quote it and make it a memory box. And you bring it out anytime there's a need to bring it out, but you cannot go beyond its very shape, its very texture, its very structure, as it is in the Word of God, because there's no light. The teacher should have the ability to explain. There are two abilities that the teacher has. And one of them is explanation. Explanation. Why is it so? He has an inquisitive mind. He wants to go beyond what he has read in the Bible. He wants to inquire to understand the principle that makes it so. Why is it so? He has that mind. Curious mind. So he explained to him. Now so even among teachers you will find out that some of them have greater ability to explain. Somebody can crack one verse of scripture and it's explaining that one verse for five days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then second thing that the teacher should have the ability to do is to to reveal. Who can remind us again, the two major abilities of the teacher is what? To explain. And to what? To reveal. Because some things might be in the Bible scattered across scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. And you may not have been able to stumble upon the pattern. So it is not revealed to you. Amen? So when a teacher comes, he will show you, okay, this is here, this is there. Can you see this brilliant pattern? That means that it is constant all the way. He reveals. And he what? He explains. Just in case you find the ability to be able to reveal and to explain, it is what we call the grace of a teacher that is upon your life. I noticed those days that when people, when our pastor takes the Bible and he opens it, and he reads a particular scripture and begins to expound upon it. I sit in the congregation, I'll just see several things that he did not see. So I felt it was the spirit of pride that was operating in my life. I didn't know that it was the anointing of a teacher. Hallelujah. So this young man, Aquila, was able to explain to him. Do you realize that before explanation can be effectively done, Several other scriptures that are related to the context must be brought from different places, and then the synchrony of the scriptures and the the accuracy of this alignment now helps the student to understand the very essence of those things that are written. Meanwhile, in revealing, is to dig into the scriptures to bring out things that are not so obvious. To bring out things that men normally rush over and never get to see. So the teacher reveals, and the teacher explains. Hallelujah. And so they revealed to him, they explained to him, and then he now understood the present revelation position of the Spirit more accurately. But these guys are product of Paul's ministry. And the first place that the Bible revealed that Paul encountered them was where? In the marketplace. That means Paul was one of those people that took his Christianity away from the four walls of the church. And he was a, as much a Christian on campus as he was in the church. Now, the problem is this there are several guys that are so religious in the church. But when they go out, they blend and say, This is campus. There's a way we operate here. And they mingle until they mix. Such kind of people do not understand the demand upon the believer to be a carrier of the work of the ministry. Are you still with me now? We are expecting that after this week, after the convention, every one of us will come to terms with the fact that we are carriers of the work of the ministry. And everywhere you find yourself there must be a sign that indicates that somebody passed through that place. If after staying there for four years, there's no sign that points to the fact that God came during the time that you sojourned you in that place, then there's something critically wrong with you. You need to be inoculated, and you need to be admitted in our intensive care unit. Take an admission form. fill it. Let's give you, give you accommodation in our hostel, and help you understand that you are in the marketplace. The Lord give you understanding in Jesus' mighty name. So um, as at this point we have seen that Aquila and Priscilla have become teachers. And this is a pure impact of the ministry of Paul. Now please, let's do some interaction. Amen. Because what we are doing is to prepare our hearts for the meeting that is about to come. Amen. Prepare. So now we are on the mountaintop. That's what we call summit. If you climb a mountain for summit, it means it's only when you are finished that you come down. You? Let's remain up there for as many days as we may need to stay. Don't move into the place in Jesus' mighty name. Now, we need to take some infantry. Two people, please, can I get a microphone? Help me out now. Help me out before, before we move to the next level. Can I get a microphone in the house? Just two people then will continue. So that you understand that if we trace your life and we trace it to the last place you stayed for up to about two years and there's no impact that your life has made on the lives of people, then I think you have a very strong spiritual deficiency that needs quick attention. I went for youth service. I didn't go there to preach the gospel. I just went there. Because an evangelist, when he goes to the supermarket, he's still what? An evangelist. Are you with me? It's not when he puts on white suit that he becomes an evangelist. He is an evangelist right there in the supermarket. And if he stays in that supermarket for two years, and we trace him, My God, what's, what's that? All right. Give my friend the microphone. Let him testify. Yeah. Give him the microphone. I'll ask the questions. He will do the answering. Just switch your mic on and, and let him speak. Okay. Yes. Uh, where did you? Oh my God. Is there anything wrong with? Okay. Um, where was the last place? Jesus. Okay, let me go back. Where was the last place that you spent up to about four years? Where was the last place that you spent up to four years? Secondary school. Sir. Secondary school. Where and where was that? Mount St. Gabriel's. Mount St. Gabriel's. Were you born again then? Yes, sir. You were born again then. Uh, can you mention the name of one person that your life affected? How long did you stay there? Six years. Six years. My God. That's enough time to. To rule a nation. And this one time is four years. You were there for. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you mention the name of one person that your life has affected? One person. Just one person. So come here. All right, all right. Pass the mic to my sister. An evangelist in the bush is who? I know your voice is going down. As a, as a never heard. No problem. If if you are healthy. if you are if you are healthy. all right. Yes. Where did you spend? Where's the last place that you spent two full years? Two full years. The last place. In
1: Makodi. In Makodi, here. Yes, sir.
0: All right. Um, Where's your office? Do you work? Yes, sir. Uh, where do you work? Uh,
1: State Universal Basic Education
0: Board. Okay. State Universal Basic Education. Amen. You were there for the last two years?
1: Yes, sir.
0: Alright. Has a life affected anybody in that marketplace? Yes, sir. You know the name of the person? Yes, sir. And if we interview the person, the person will acknowledge it. Yes, sir. What's the name of the person? Barbara Uka. Okay, okay. That's, that's a question. Yes. Give the mic to... Okay, I, I know them. I know them. Give the mic to Tim. To Timothy. Engineer Timothy. Engineer Timothy. It's, it's an abnormality. For, for, for you not to have a testimony that your life affected somebody and you have been there for more than two years. Yes? Where, do you, um, where was the last place you spent two full years?
1: Makodi. Yes. Um, uh,
0: where do you work? I work with the uh, Federal Ministry of Housing. Okay, Federal Ministry of Housing. So where's your office? At the Federal Secretary. Federal Sec- so you have been at the Federal Secretary? Yes. All right. Uh, is there anybody in your clique and your club? That your life has affected as a Christian. Yes. Can we have the name of the person?
1: Mr. Matthew.
0: Alright. Now, give us a brief testimony of how your life affected you. Actually. I can, Mio, as I'm talking, just in case somebody say, you they talk. Not because you hold mic. What thing you do? (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know, we have bold people here. Very bold. After When I finish like this, I just say, okay, all right. I, you know you were the, with the mic. Only you you were the only one talking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Give us a little... Testimony. Actually, I made it a habit. I have made it a habit that once
1: I get to my office, I pray for not less than one hour. Okay, So he noticed that.
0: And uh, he was always there in the office before me. Sometimes I go to the office around 6 o'clock or something. Please, I don't like this sound. It, it looks cricket. Looks cricket. This cricket sound. Amen. And, uh, okay. The bass is too much, so it looks as if we are old. Old men. Hallelujah. It's still too much. Amen. Okay. So, So he when he gets to the office... Now, notice, notice this testimony. He did not go to the office to preach. You get it? Because he just went there to do his own thing. And his own thing was that he prays one hour. Now, what I'm saying is that a true Christian, eh? if you are a true Christian, and there's fire burning inside of you, you don't even need to make a plan to encounter anybody. It will happen unconsciously and naturally. It's just like a plague. When it breaks into a particular place, it begins to spread. You cannot measure the spread of a plague. That's what the Bible means when it says we are baptized with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. That's a fire dimension. It can cast things. Unguided, unprotected things must come under the influence of fire. Alright?
1: So, he noticed that actually. So, one day he came over. I invited him over to my office and all that. And we discussed.
0: And that was how... Something started. Something started. Wonderful. Please give him a clap of He's a Christian. He's a Christian. He's a Christian. There are several guys that speak so much religious languages, serve on the altar, and when you find them in the marketplace, the market has configured them. But we want to get back to the marketplace... And configure it. And affect people. And I assure you, it's not everybody you can affect in the marketplace. Not everybody. But God has somebody that he has pushed into that marketplace, that has questions on his mind, and he has sent you there to be the solution. If you stay there long enough, you will find the person, the person who will come out of the crowd. If you are still with me, say Amen. Amen. Give the mic to Benisa Before I go on. Now, I'm just trying to recap... Okay, I'm trying to recap. After this recap, then we start the teaching for this night. I will not take your time beyond the time because we have several days. My God, I'm shouting. Give me volume, okay? We have several days to do this business, so um, we'll be doing it gradually and trusting that everyone will follow. Joseph Beniza have the mic. Give her the microphone. So where have you been for... The past three years, two years, mostly. You, you, you have been in my yes. And what have you been doing? Schooling. Schooling, mostly. Yes. Um, uh, for how long have you been in school? In my uh, Which of the schools, to be precise?
1: University of Agriculture. Yeah, University what of Agriculture.
0: UAM. Just in case you are confused, is UAM she's talking about? All right. For how long have you been there? Three years plus. Can you mention the name of one person that your life has affected for all all the while? Yes, sir. Okay. One person? Charity. Charity. So how did you meet Charity and what connected you with her and what is up with her in this present time?
1: Charity was stranded. She didn't have
0: accommodation. Oh, my God. There is ministry out there. <laughs> Sometimes some people being stranded, eh, is the, the sovereign act of God. They plan not to be stranded. You are not aware. <laughs> they made plans to ensure that they will not be stranded. But somehow, God ensured that they will be stranded.
1: There's work everywhere.
0: But there are no Christians on the field of labor. But I believe God, that God will send laborers into his house. And every week we'll, we'll come back like this, and there'll be testimonies of people, lives that have been tossed, people that have been affected. You know we pray a lot here, and that's wonderful. And the way we pray here, our lives will be affecting many people. Amen? My leave began on Friday, on, on Thursday... I was coming into the office, and the cleaner was cleaning, and, and my eyes opened. And I saw that somebody was draining her blood into a big drum. I just left her, and I continued. And then she cleaned, and cleaned, and cleaned, and, cleaned and, cleaned and then came to my office and greeted and said, hey, come here, come here. I didn't talk to her. I saw her picture, but I didn't talk to her. Let it be natural. And she came and said, she wants to, came to beg for alms for the weekend." I said, I have silver and gold, but I have something else. Sit down. That this is your condition. And because of this, there is a pain that you are having on your left leg. That pain is not because you hit your leg. There is no blood in your system. She shouted, and said, she just realized that two days ago. I said, your children too are affected. She let down. in that state of kneeling down if you, if you say the Lord Jesus calls you <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah yeah. she knelt down there then the second cleaner came to to find out where, where is the first cleaner the whole walk she left the whole walk and when she entered the girl said oh! come here sir come here come here come here The person that is supposed to marry you, you are this number of years, and the person supposed to marry you, the devil has tied him. He is, in fact, he is wandering from place to place. She shouted, I said, Now, if you say, Jesus, come! And you know, I share an office with another government functionary. I was doing all of this without consulting with that person, and the person was watching. And then the person decided to give me a lift. In a big jeep. You know, me, I used to go on a car in the morning. You just see me with the helmet. Please, don't come to Lagos. (laughs) Move. (laughs) Moving like that. And the person decided to give me a lift in a jeep. My God. And you know, from Apapa to Surulere, it's enough time for somebody to be delivered. You don't carry power around and not use it. The world is dying. Jesus is about to come. He has put something in your hand. Quicken the sick. Quicken them that are crippled. Quicken the dead. Invoke upon them the life of God. So we must understand that that opportunity, that that admission, that God made possible for you to go to school, is a mission field He has sent you. If I come back from Lagos without tangible proofs, don't follow me, don't believe me. I'm fake. If there's no sign to show, And I'm not going there to advertise anything. We locked our doors. For months. A, a day came people gathered. We didn't invite them. And I said, alright, you have come. I don't have anything. But I have one Bible. Isaiah chapter 49. And the Holy Ghost came down. We were just praying. That's what we have been doing. Hiding. People have been calling. Where are you staying? We heard you are in Lagos. Now I said, Alright, when it's time to see me, I will tell you. But when fire is burning, when fire is burning, fire is something you can't put in the napkin. You can't put it in a bucket. You can't cover it with a, with a container. You cannot put it in a box. Fire c- cannot be controlled. The Bible says there are three things that never say is enough. I've seen they state on that fire. I've seen it. I've seen it on that fire. Seen it. You will see old women in the village that practice witchcraft before they will speak in tongues in this. And we need to take responsibility for the revival. God has brought it into this land. We are the ones to transport it to the marketplace. And that place that God has planted you is your place of primary assignment. There must be a sign that an evangelist came. There must be a sign that a teacher has come. There must be a sign that there's a prophet. Please go on. So tell us your testimony about. Is it Christy? Charity. Charity. All right. So we told her,
1: bring your load to our room, while we help you look for the place. So we fed her, while we go around in the daytime for lectures. In and the do evening,
0: there is no gospel yet. They just fed. Somebody was stranded, and they fed. All right somehow a connection has been established today charity has been encountered you know a lot of us feel that our situation is um, very terrible and you feel but I assure you you are in a situation to help somebody you are better than somebody and you can extend the hand of help to that person You see, most Christians are not mission conscious. We are not impact conscious. We are not kingdom conscious. But the average Muslim is kingdom conscious. The average Muslim is is conscious of territory. He wants to cover more grounds. He wants to dominate more places. But we live carefree. Meanwhile, we are carriers of fire. Now, if I carry our fire, you don't even need to make fresh plans, strategize on how to take over. You don't need a strategy. It will happen. Like those, she um, spoke to me on, is it Saturday evening? And said that there were so many people in Africa looking for counseling and all of that. They counsel, pray with them. Sometimes they sleep 6 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. Did you print posters? to attra- No, it's fire. Fire. The other brother the other time said in his place of it, he doesn't know. People just keep coming for the gospel, coming for prayers, coming to ask questions. It's fire that we always trace John the Baptist to the belly of the wilderness. That was why Jesus was asking them, what took you there? I, I think you went there. You, you are a critic. How did you manage to sit under a preacher that, was, that is wearing camel skin? What took you there? I think you are the professor of the land. Everybody knows you. And the meetings were not held in the night. So you were able to, to risk your reputation to, to sit under the teaching of a man wearing leather belt and get you. Jesus was trying to illustrate to us the impact of fire. If we take you from this place and put you in Casinala and nothing happens in, in, in six months, you need inoculation. We have to read the book of Romans so you are fresh and confirm the assurance of the reality of Christ in your spirit. Do you realize that the average Christian, we are operating below capacity? And you don't need to do anything to begin to operate effectively. We just need a consciousness of mission. Consciousness of the fact that a little kindness, a little statement here, a little good work there, can be everything somebody needs to open up his heart to the realities that you carry. And so, see, it was so natural. Paul was in the marketplace just doing his own thing. That's how he met somebody. And a few months, few years down the road, he became a master Bible teacher that had the capacity to disciple an apostle. And the Bible study outline that they used to disciple Apollos, they didn't draw it out before they met him. It's when they saw his needs. You know, you guys draw out Bible study outlines before the semester starts. And you will not know whether there will be a bomb blast in Union, in the midst of the semester. So a Bible study outline cannot minister to people in, in crisis, people in a definite... The Lord have mercy. May, may the Lord have mercy. Where did you think they drew that outline from? It came from their spirit. They knew what the need was and they went back to God. And God began to give them an outline. By the time they were through with Apollos, the Bible revealed that in word and in deed, he was a stronger force that was rising in the land. But the quiet input of that teacher and his wife will never be forgotten. And the things that Apollos will do, many of them will be credited to their account. They may never be as popular as Apollos was in ministry. But that impact is what made him that effective you can meet somebody and encounter somebody that looks so useless today. But that person is God's arrowhead for a few years to come. And if you are able to design it and make sure you play your role, maybe that's all you were called to do on it. Maybe that's all you were called to do. Who is is it? Billy Graham. They could say that he gave his life to Christ. He was the only one that gave his life to Christ. After the whole campaign, the whole posters and all the money that was spent, the evangelist preached and only Graham gave his life to Christ. And then the evangelist knelt down in mud, in the mud and led him to Christ. Weeping because they had spent money. Not because his soul was won. Weeping because it was a great frustration. But that man rose up to become the greatest evangelist of our time. He never did any miracle on the crusade ground. But he won more people to Christ than people that have raised the dead. Don't you think all that that man is doing will be credited to that nameless, faceless man? Maybe that was all he was called to do on earth. To lead one man to Jesus Christ. Yes, God.
1: So, somehow, um, when we come back in the evening, we look for the accommodation. One day she got and um, packed her things to her room. Then she started joining us to pray. We pray continuously. And that was that.
0: Alright. And today she's in good shape.
1: She's in good shape. We talked yesterday in the night. We prayed. She told me some things that um, were genuine testimony.
0: Hallelujah. Something great is happening in Uniagric and we trust God to be part of it as much as we can. Uh, We... Because of the stirring of the spirit in that place is an indication of the fact that God needs focus on that ground. And I think immediately after our convention, we're going to focus on Union Greek. We'll, we'll be right there in Greek to join forces with what you guys are doing locally to see that the hands of the Lord are lifted in that place. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's open a scripture that we'll be working on for a few days. So this is just an attempt to cap up the things we taught the other time, even though I've not yet taught the appointed place and the marketplace fully. We'll see come back to it after the convention. Then you'll see that there are seven things you're supposed to export to the marketplace. Seven things. And we'll look at that so that every time you come to a place, you'll understand that these seven things must be exported into that place. Amen? Alright, so we'll do that maybe after the convention. But I just want you to keep I want to keep the steam of the study that we did before I left. Turn your Bible with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. We are going to dwell on that for a long time. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to begin my reading from verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given to the measure of Christ's gift. I think I need to explain that verse. To each one of us, grace was given to the measure of Christ's gift. I know you are acquainted with the grace for salvation. I know you are acquainted with that. Amen? But there are other kinds of graces, other types and kinds of graces. And we must understand that the reason why there, there, there is manifold grace is because there is manifold temptation. So we are going to look at it and we are going to see dimensions of grace, types and kinds of grace. Amen? Please help me tell your neighbor that your your, your birth in the spirit was supernatural. And your life in the spirit of necessity must also be supernatural. So your life in the spirit is sponsored by the fuel of grace. And there are different types of graces. And there is and, and also manifold grace. Where different types of grace work together in view of a current situation. So we we'll look at that and we we'll see different types of graces. And the Bible is saying that because Christ has given us a measure of himself. Amen? Amen? Christ has given us a measure of himself. There's, there is a measure of Christ that is inside of you. Now that measure of Christ that is inside of you came with an accompaniment. It came with a, the accompaniment of grace. Hallelujah. You know, when we look at the grace that brings salvation. Amen? I know you know what it means, so I don't want to dwell on it. But I just need to, I want to brush it. It is evident that we do not have the ability to save ourselves. And so God was the one that was doing the work to ensure that we were saved. That's grace. Is God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen? Are you with me now? Now, after that you have been saved, the Bible is saying because if you have the gift of Christ, it means that guy is saved. You have the deposit of the indwelling spirit inside of you is an indication of the fact that you are saved. That is the seal of your salvation. The Bible says that if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he is none of him. So you are part of Christ and the spirit of Christ is inside of you. So the Bible makes us understand that on the account of that spirit of Christ that is in you, a measure of Christ that is inside of you, there is an accompaniment of grace. And every time grace is present, grace furnishes a possibility and an ability that you could not perform any other way. A possibility and an ability that you could not have been able to perform any other way. So the Bible is revealing to us that each one of us has grace and that grace is dependent upon the investment of Christ that we have received by His Spirit. If you are still here, say, Amen. Amen. So based on that investment of Christ in your spirit, the Bible says there is an accompaniment which is called what? Grace. And that grace makes you a different species of a man. Now watch this. I need to explain something. What this? You know, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, you may not understand the uniqueness of that scripture. The uniqueness of that scripture is that if any man actually is in Christ, that man is a new species. Now, the implication of that is... If you understand the animal kingdom, for instance, and the plant kingdom, for instance, we focus on the plant kingdom, and the biological name or the botanical name for orange is citrus. You get it now. But you know there are different kinds of orange. Is it true? You guys, we are in Tivland now. In Tivland, land, in Edoma land, you have so much orange. In Igede land, you have orange scattered everywhere. Is that not so? And the oranges are different, different, differences in taste and all of that. Citrus nobilis, that is um, tangerine. Citrus limon, that is lemon orange. Citrus paradisi, that is ordinary orange. But all of them are citrus. Citrus, citrus or uh, renifolia. All of them are still citrus, but they are different. Now that's what the Bible is trying to make us understand. That grace that came and became an accompaniment of the presence of Christ in you, made you a different species. That means you are different from me. We are born again Christians. We are sons of God. We are children of God. We are heirs of, of his kingdom. Amen. Amen. But you are a unique entity in the bracket. We cannot put you in any category you will not fit in. Because you have a unique endowment from God that makes you a different personality. And the Bible says that what has impacted that difference on you is because you are a custodian of what? A measure of Christ. And the implication of that reality is that you are endowed with a certain kind of grace. That's where ministry comes from. Now so, so, that's what grace has made you. Grace has made you unique and grace has imparted into your life unique abilities that you did, not, you did not have naturally. And the Bible says that it's owing to the gift of Christ. The measure of the gift of Christ that you are carrying. It's, it impacts an ability. It impacts, it impacts a strength upon you. Now, are we still there in the scripture? As we read. Now, look at the next verse. If you are not careful with the next verse, you will begin to wonder how that, that next verse is the continuation of the first one. He said, Therefore, he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Are you with me? He let captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, so he's making us to understand that the gifts that we carry came to us from resurrection. Came to us from ascension. Now, I need to make it clear. Wherefore he said, when he ascended, he let captivity captive and gave gifts to men. What is the significance of ascension In that scripture. Notice that it is the resurrection of Jesus that put the devil to defeat. Because the Bible says that Jesus triumphed over principalities and powers in his resurrection. And after his resurrection, there was also an ascension. The ascension is his coronation and enthronement in the office of the Christ. Did you get me to that point? His coronation. That was what happened on the day of Pentecost. That Peter was talking about. He said, right now in heaven, God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ in heaven now. And the proof of the fact that He has been coronated Lord and Christ is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You get it? So the outpouring will not have taken place until Christ had ascended His throne. The proof that Christ has ascended His throne in heaven was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was witnessed on the day of Pentecost. And so the Bible says that when He ascended, He gave gifts, indicative of the fact that the gifts are coming from the realm of ascension. Now, when we talk about ascension, we must understand that it is coming from the realm of kingship. The realm of victory, the realm that Satan has already been defeated in. The implication of that is that if I walk in that grace, I am walking on a frequency that is higher than the onslaughts of the devil, and I've gone beyond satanic attack. You you didn't get it. You didn't get it. I don't I don't know how to explain it more, but. Okay, okay, okay. Please, if you didn't get that, let me see your hand up. Oh, you didn't get it? Alright. We were in the zoo one of those days, and when we were there doing a picnic. And then a snake came from one tree. Alright? And then we now tried and killed the snake. Do you realize that after the snake was killed, everybody now started leaving the tree? But the truth is that the tree is the safest place to be. Because at least you are sure that there is no snake here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. That's the best place to be. That place you are going, we don't know about it, but here, they one here. Wait, what? Well, good. I'm talking about a place where the snake has been killed. A place that is beyond the oppression of the snake. A place that is secure. A place... That is established in victory. That is resurrection. And then ascension is a place of honor and coronation where his authority is acknowledged in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. And every tongue must confess it. It is from that realm of coronation that our calling and our gifting was released from. Now, what is? What is? What is? Now, see, see, see. I did not want to fulfill my call. Though. I wanted to be something else. Do you realize that if I am something else, one of the highest stakes on the template of what I wanted to become was to be a lecturer. Because I, I, I love knowledge, I love seeking out knowledge and all of that. So I wanted to be a lecturer. Do you realize that if I had become a lecturer, the attacks of the enemy on my life would have prospered? Because it is not a part of my core. There is no victory in it. Did you get it? But I am operating in my core now, and my call came from ascension. And as long as I am working in my core, the devil will attempt anyway, but he does not have the capacity to succeed, because ascension is a realm where his defeat is established. And if I'm operating in my call, I'm operating from ascension, I, I, I will see consistent defeat of the devil. So he had to mention that. If you are not aware of the fact that your, great, your calling is from the realm of ascension, when you begin to face challenges in your call, you will think it's a fresh challenge. It will turn out to be, the result of that challenge will turn out to be what was in the case of Jesus Christ, how he defeated Jesus. Your life will still defeat him because you are coming from a realm where satan has already been defeated and no matter how many times he comes your way in the line of that call to attack you you will always conquer that's why the bible says that all things work together for good to them that love god and to them that are the called according to his purpose when he said all things he means sometimes bad things too and good things but when the things collide with you because your call is from ascension It will change and work for your good. It was something that was cooked in the belly of hell. But when he encounters you, because you are called according to God's purpose, it turns and starts a good purpose in your life. Ascension. Somebody say, Ascension. As long as I walk in my car, I can't go down. As long as I operate, In that destiny that God has ordained for me, I can't go down. I'm operating from ascension. And from the realm of ascension, His Lordship has been acknowledged. Every tongue has accepted it. In heaven, on earth, and in hell. And as I move, I move from that standpoint. And no other authority can counteract the wisdom with which I operate. It's from where? Where? I find it difficult to understand when a man says that the call is too hard to fulfill. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. See, I fasted for 100 days and God didn't say anything. The reason why God didn't say anything, the guy is not in his call, he's in disobedience. It's time to do something else. You understand what I'm talking about? Because if you're in your call, there will be grace. That grace is what makes you unique in Christ, it makes you a unique species. Grace will come. Strength will come and victory will be made manifest. I want you to understand these things. That this is not the testimony of great spiritual people. It's just the normal testimony of the normal Christian. That your call is from the realm of ascension. Maybe you go to your village and you know that God has instructed you to stay there for a while. And those witches that move in the night and cry through the vocal cords of birds. And, and several of them actually come to um, descend upon the coconut tree that is in front of your compound. Because there's something around there that gives them attraction. So that's their place of convergence. And the Holy Spirit says, time to go to the village. You've been at the countryside too long. You've been operating Abuja for too long. Why not check out the backside of the land? And you come with your knapsack. That your arrival is actually the pronouncement of the exit of your prison of darkness. Because you are operating in the will of God. The forces of ascension are backing you up. And just as Jesus defeated the devil while he walked this world. You, as you go to that place, you will defeat him right there. Because the power of ascension will play out the game. And that which the devil meant for evil will be turned to become good. It doesn't matter where they cooked it from, and they shot it from, but when it comes to meet a man that is in the purpose of God, and that is full of the love of God, because he goes to the village because he loves God, because it's better off for him in Abuja. He was compelled by law, and he was navigated along the path of his purpose. You cannot defeat that man, because ascension backs him up. Power backs him up. Hallelujah. But if a man in Abuja, now says, My village is dying. God didn't send him. And he takes his bag and he goes there. There's the evil spirit in the place. He's not operating from ascension. Do you get it? There's no back. He can speak in tongues and generate some, power, generate some power. But he's not where he's supposed to be. The grace he's carrying cannot meet the need of the land because that's not where he's supposed to be. So he will come out in defeat. So when you see a man that is defeated in ministry, he's not where he's supposed to be because it's impossible for you to be defeated in your call. tell, me, tell me your neighbor. It's impossible for you to be defeated in your call. You might consider yourself being somebody that doesn't, can't speak the way I'm doing now, and you say, well, because you don't have that credit to your name, you may not be able to do what God wants you to do. If you are standing in that place that God has placed you, the power of ascension will proclaim you victor today, will proclaim you victor tomorrow, will proclaim you victor to the end of time. There's power in it. Please rise up, we'll close for, for tonight. We'll continue tomorrow. The emphasis we are looking at this year is the work of the ministry. Everywhere you find yourself, there's supposed to be something that your life will produce. There must be something that your life will produce. There must be something that your life will produce. I pray that you will not be a Christian that is not mission conscious. You will not be a Christian that is not possessed with a sentimentality. Everywhere you find yourself, God is expecting that something will come out of your life. Your life is expected to produce For God and for his kingdom. We thank you. We thank you because it is written that your songs are like arrows in the quiver of a strong man. And every one of us here will be shot to different places to raise the standard of the kingdom. Grant, oh God, that the least in our company will be stronger than David. Já de borocos caminzaleia, pranda hasale, Janda marabasca lya Etambres cobena hasale, Ibra makanda baboria, Lasta babare na Rabosa, 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 Agram hasalaya you are operating from the realm of ascension you cannot go down even if the devil plans for you and the devil shoots at you all things work together for good to them that love god and to them that are called according to his purpose the devil might have meant it for evil but god will always turn it to good because you are in the center of His purpose, you are in the center of His will. You are doing what He wants you to do. You are doing what He has called you to do. Oh God, oh God, oh God! Pase la masanda, pala mascara masanda, pala mamon salibre la candelia, evra ma katamarasale, evreska paramas kanda babote, evreska tela maselimata. Iska Brenda In Jesus' name we pray. I don't know how many of us have been looking upon the news, you have been watching Press T V, CNN, Al Jazeera, um, BBC News. You will see that Islam is falling. Now, do you realize that if we don't have foot soldiers that can enter into the windows that are opening, the harvest will be wasted? If we don't know how to take advantage of any opportunity that is within the circumference of our scope of reality, then the windows will open and close and they will not be translated to God's intention. Doors are opening. Nations are crying out for a change of constitution. They have found out that they have been under bondage and lock and key all these years. Looking for things that are not lost. And a radical generation has arisen. Like the prodigal son, without attending man's vision, he came to himself and asked some wise questions. The questions led to a change in his direction. That's what is happening. Today they are crying out for political liberty. But they will yet cry out for the presence of the true God. And in that day you will become God's messenger. You will become that key that will open up the bands of the strong and loose the armor of the wicked and plant the spirit of life. The hearts of men. You are that messenger that has been awaited, long awaited to open the two gates. To uncover The secrets of darkness are the hidden riches of secret places. Why not lift up your voice and say anoint me with your holy oil. Like Cyrus. That I might loose the bands of the strong. That I might remove the armor of the mighty. That I might find the hidden riches of darkness. The two gates are open. we need messengers of the most high God that we take advantage of the weakness, the crack and pierce through and extend the frontiers of the kingdom we need men that understand the work of the ministry
1: you are that man
0: that Benway stage is waiting for you are that man that your family is waiting for. You are that man that your nation is waiting for. The Bible says that God has smuggled grace into us by wishing of the measure of the gift of Christ. You were born naked but not empty. There is something that is looming on your inside. It's called the power of God. So mercaria masanda, so mercaria mzaleta, inga basanda babora mascaleba. We thank you. We magnify you. We
1: give you all the glory. We give you. Oh the glory. All the glory. All the glory. Oh!
0: You are that man that your generation has been waiting for. Impossible places are opening to the gospel. God is setting the stage for the last revival that will engulf the entire globe and break down Jesus. The least among us must be equipped. Every man must understand the grace that is at work in his life by reason of the measure of the gift of Christ. We are the ones that are vested with the responsibility of doing the work of the ministry. Oh God, we thank you tonight. We give you praise, we give you glory. We ask, O God, that you make these things that we have shared a close companion in our hearts. That our thoughts might sustain the fact that you have placed us where we are as plantings of God. Plantings of the Lord, so that he might be glorified. As we advance in this teaching from day to day, give us more illumination, more revelation, and more unction. And guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen.